you know exactly who is responsible for what. And then at that point, you can set up an accountability system, do weekly calls to make sure everyone's doing what they're supposed to be doing, things like that. But that's, again, not the focus of this episode. The focus of this episode is to talk about the things that need to be assigned to people. Best ever listeners, before today's episode, I want to invite you to join us in Keystone, Colorado, February 20th through 22nd. It is the 2020 Best Ever Conference. And not only do I want to invite you to join us, I want to invite you to earn 15% for every ticket that you're responsible for selling should you join as an affiliate for the conference. Great way to earn money. And also, if you're planning on attending, great way to pay for your ticket, essentially. You get enough sales. So you can go to BEC20.com. And in the top left corner, it says earn 15% as an affiliate. You can click that, join the affiliate program, and you got all the resources that you need to share the good word about the Best Ever Conference in Keystone, Colorado. And we will be talking more about this on future episodes. But for now, go check out BEC20.com and that affiliate page. You can earn 15% as an affiliate and we will see you in keystone colorado there needed to be a resource on apartment syndication that not only talked about each aspect of the syndication process but how to actually do each of the things and go into it in detail and we thought hey why not make it free too that's why we launched syndication school and theo hicks will go through a particular aspect of apartment syndication on today's episode and get into the details of how to do that particular thing. Enjoy this episode. And for more on apartment syndication and how to do things, go to apartmentsyndication.com or to learn more about the apartment syndication school, go to syndicationschool.com so you can listen to all the previous episodes. Hi, best of listeners. Welcome to another episode of the Syndication School series, a free resource focused on the how-tos of apartment syndication. As always, I'm your host, Theo Hicks. Each week, we air two podcast episodes that are focusing on a specific aspect of the apartment syndication investment strategy. And for the majority of these episodes or series, right now we're doing a two-part series, we offer a free document. These are PowerPoint presentation templates, Excel templates, PDF how-to guides, things that accompany the series or the episode that help you grow, scale, start an apartment syndication business. All these free documents, as well as past syndication school episodes and series, can be found at syndicationschool.com. This is part two of a two-part series entitled The 51 Responsibilities of the General Partnership. So in part one, we first discussed the context of why we're even talking about this, which I'll get into in a second. And then we went into the first 28 roles and responsibilities of the general partnership, which make up the pre-contract phase. The, hey, I want to do apartment syndications to, oh my God, I have my first deal under contract. All the various steps involved to get from that starting point to that first ending point in a sense. And in this part, we're going to talk about the remaining steps, so roles and responsibilities 29 through 51. Again, taking a step back to give context for our talking about this, when you're doing apartment syndications, you are most likely not doing them by yourself. If you're doing them by yourself, then this is not 100% relevant to you. But if you do have a business partner or multiple business partners, then you need to figure out who is going to do what, who is responsible 
for what aspect of the business plan and making sure that these are defined so that everyone knows what their roles and responsibilities are and everyone knows what everyone else in the partnership is supposed to be doing rather than keeping it vague. And the best way to do this is to know from beginning to end what all of these roles and responsibilities are. You can go through all these roles and responsibilities, learn more about these roles and responsibilities and what they entail, which is not the focus of this series because it would take 20 episodes to discuss this, which is true because we've done 20 plus episodes on each of these specific tasks. So we're going to have a blog post in the show notes with links to blog posts and syndication school episodes where we go into more detail on each of these steps so that we don't have to focus on that in this series. But again, the entire point of this two-part series is to list out in two episodes all of the main roles and responsibilities of the general partnership so that you can take this information, which is in this free document that you can download in the show notes or at syndicationschool.com to assign each of these responsibilities to you or your business partner or partners so that you know exactly who is responsible for what. And then at that point, you can set up an accountability system, do weekly calls to make sure everyone's doing what they're supposed to be doing, things like that. But that's, again, not the focus of this episode. The focus of this episode is to talk about the things that need to be assigned to people. So in the part one, we went over the pre-contract phase, which is one through 28. So I'm gonna quickly just read those. I went into a little bit detail on each of those and how to kind of think about assigning these. But again, in the blog post, there are links, probably 90% of these have links to some other blog post or a syndication school episode where you can learn more about how to actually execute this responsibility. So really quickly, the pre-contract phase one through 28 is one, select potential target investment markets. Two, evaluate potential target investment market. Three, select one to two potential target markets. Four, create a website. Five, create a company presentation. Six, define a target audience for a thought leadership platform. Seven, create and grow a thought leadership platform. Eight, create an in-person meetup group. Nine, create a Facebook group or Facebook page. 10, find, interview, and select a property management company. 11, find, interview, and select a commercial real estate broker or multiple brokers. 12, find, interview, and select a commercial mortgage broker and or lender. 13, find a business partner. 14, find an accountant or CPA who specializes in apartment syndications. 15, find a real estate attorney. 16, find a securities attorney. 17, find a loan guarantor. 18, find the roles and responsibilities of each member of the GP. 19, set investment criteria for deals. 20, set GP compensation structure. 21, set LP compensation structure. 22, create a list of investors in MailChimp or some other mass email sending service. 23, find passive investors. 24, build relationships with commercial real estate brokers. 25, subscribe to commercial real estate brokers on market email lists. 26, implement marketing strategies to generate off-market deals. 27, underwrite deals. And 28, submit letter of intents and negotiate PSAs. So again, for each of those, in the last episode, we kind of briefly hit on what each of those are and why you need to assign these to people. And then ultimately, the purpose on your end is to assign each of these 28 responsibilities to a member of the general partnership based off of their background, their experience, and what they're good at and what they actually like to do. And similarly, you're going to want to follow the same process for the remaining roles and responsibilities, number 29 through 51. So 
we are going to go over 29 through 51 in the same fashion we went over 1 through 28 in the previous syndication school episode. And again, for all the ones we're going to go over today, only one doesn't have a link to another blog post or syndication school episode just because it's more of a check mark thing. And I'll mention what that is when we get to it. So 29, who performed due diligence on the deal, which is a pretty large role, right? This is the person who is responsible for once the deal's under contract, making sure all the inspections are done, all the reports are created, reviewing these reports, using these reports to update the underwriting or to confirm their underwriting assumptions, deciding if there's some aspect of the due diligence that disqualifies the deal or requires going back to the owner, the seller and renegotiating terms or the sales price. Again, I'm not going to go into all detail on the due diligence. That's just kind of a general overview. There's a link to, for more. I think we did like an eight-part series on doing due diligence for syndication school. So who's responsible for managing this due diligence process? Number 30 is to create the investment summary. So this is going to be a long 20, 30, 40 plus page document. Usually it's going to be in PowerPoint form. We do have the investment summary template at syndicationschool.com for you to download. But this is going to give a general overview of the deal of the property, the market, and your business plan for the deal. And then whatever else you want to include, maybe a section on case studies of successful deals you've done in the past. And this is a thing that you send to passive investors when you are announcing the deal. So who's responsible for creating this investment summary? Most likely it's someone who has had a hand in or is responsible for underwriting because a lot of the information that is included in the investment summary, majority of it in fact, comes from the underwriting. It's all the assumptions made, the market research done, rental comps, financial analysis, things like that. Who's making that document? Number 31 is to announce the new deal to the investor list. So when you have a deal under contract, you've got your investment summary done, you're performing your due diligence. At the same time, you want to announce your deal to your investors so you can start the process of securing commitments from your investors. And this starts with an email that includes information about the deal. So who's writing this email? Who decides what goes in this email and what doesn't go in this email? So overall, who's responsible for creating this email? Most likely going to be the person who's responsible for, again, managing the entirety of the email list. So sending out all the emails to the investors. Unless you want, again, to have multiple people, when maybe one person sends out the investment, or 31, which is announcing the new deal to investors, but maybe someone else is responsible for sending out ongoing email updates to the investors. Again, whatever you want to do. But again, this is a specific duty, announcing the new deal to your investor list, that you want to know who's going to do that before you get to that point and you're not arguing over who's making this email. I guess a more general point to make is another reason why you want to define all the roles and responsibilities up front because you don't want to have to stop and have a back and forth negotiation, your argument with the members of the GP each time you get to a new step in the process. Like, all right, well, this is our contract. Now it's time to do due diligence. Well, who's responsible for managing this? Well, I, I, I don't want to do that. I underwrote the deal. So why would I have to do due diligence. So you should do this, right? You want to have all this stuff to find up front so you don't have to argue over every single step in the process as it comes up. You know, from the beginning, all right, Theo, you under the deal. Now it's my turn to take over and do due diligence. Or Theo, you under the deal. So you're also going to do due diligence as well. Again, all this to find up front. So that's 31, announce new deal to the investor list. 32 is perform the new investment offering conference call or webinar. So when you are doing the call, the webinar, we are presenting the deal to your investors. Who's on that call? Who's responsible for setting up the call-in number or the webinar? Who's responsible for creating the structure for the new investment offering call? Who's actually going to execute the call? Who's going to talk on the call? 
who's responsible for gathering the Q&A from your investors. So that's why I talked about in the last episode, it's not just perform new investment offering conference call or webinar. There's a lot of subcategories or sub duties underneath that that need to be assigned to people. So for each of these, in reality, it's not for every single one because some of them are pretty straightforward, like announce new deal to investor list, right? Who's creating that email? But for something like 32, performing the new investment offering conference call, there's a lot of other steps that go into executing that conference call. And maybe one person isn't going to be responsible for all of it. So when you get to this point in the document, you'd be like, all right, well, what all needs to be done to actually execute the new investment offering call? And then based off of all those steps, who is going to do what? Is it going to be one person? Or is this person responsible for the more the logistic aspect of it? But then this person is going to present part one of it and the other person to present part two. And this person right here is kind of just responsible for because of the Q&A. If a question is asked about the business plan, then this person answers. If it's asked about the market, well, this person knows a lot more about the market, things like that. So that overall concept can be applied to the majority of these roles and responsibilities. Number 33 is sending the conference call or webinar recordings to investors. Pretty straightforward, but you're going to want to send an email to your list of investors because not every single person is going to attend the webinar or conference call. So again, who's responsible for sending out that information to the list of investors? 34, create legal documents and send them to investors, right? So to formalize their investment, they need to sign the PPM, the operating agreements. So who's responsible for making sure those are created? Who's responsible for working with the securities and real estate attorney to make sure that these are set up on time? And then who's responsible for making sure that these get to their investors? Who's responsible for making sure that the investors are actually signing them? Things like that. 35 is create the LLCs. So we actually haven't done a full syndication school episode on this. I don't think we have. We will in the future, but basically there's various LLCs that are involved in the apartment syndication process, right? There's a general partnership LLC and there's an LLC that owns the deal that the limited partners invest in and maybe the limited partners have their own LLCs that they're using to invest in the deal. But overall on the GP side, there's a few LLCs that you're gonna wanna create, at the very least one for the GP and one for the deal. So who's responsible for making sure those LLCs get set up? 36, this is the only one we don't have a link of to a blog post or a syndication school episode about because it's ensure passive investors money is transferred. I don't say it's simple, but it doesn't really warrant a long drawn out 30 minute episode or thousand word blog post. Basically it's just, did the investors send their money or didn't they send their money? <laughs> or did they say they sent their money and the money got there or did it not get there? So kind of just say a checkbox thing, but tell them needs to be responsible for making sure that passive investors are sending in their money because you don't want to get to the closing table and no one's looked at this and you don't have enough money to close on the deal. 37, set up the operating bank accounts. So before you close, you're going to have all of your bank accounts set up. So again, who's responsible for going to the bank and setting these up? And there's three main accounts. Again, we've got a link to that. So I'm not going to go into what those operating accounts are. If you want to learn more about those, make sure you click on that link in the blog post in the show notes. Or I guess if you're watching this on YouTube, it's also in the description. 38, secure financing. Again, a very general, broad, large step. But who's responsible for securing the financing from the lender based off of whatever assumptions you set while you're underwriting the deal? So all the work that's required to go into securing financing, which again, you can learn more about by clicking on the link in the blog post in the show notes. Who's responsible for each of those steps in that process? And then 39, closing on the deals. Who's responsible for the few days leading up to the actual closing date plus the closing date? Who's responsible for managing that entire process? Who's the person that the broker is going to be contacting, title companies to be contacting? Who's wiring the funds? Who's signing the documents? Things like that. So 29 through 39, those are the contract to close phase. The last phase, 40 through 51, is going to be the post-closing phase. So these are 
essentially the asset management duties. So who's going to be the asset manager will most likely be doing most of these responsibilities, but then the person who's the investor relations will also be doing another portion of these responsibilities as well. So number 40 is create the investor guide. And this kind of goes in tandem with 41, which is notify investors of closing. So in order to notify investors of closing, you're going to send out an email to your list of investors. So obviously who's responsible for sending out that email list, who's responsible for deciding what goes in to that closing email. And one of the things that you're going to want to include is an investor guide, which is a separate document that they can download that kind of answers FAQs about investing in the deal, when they get paid, tax timing, things like that. So who's making this document? Who decides what goes into this document? And who's making sure this document goes to the investors and is sent to the investors? So that covers 40 and 41, creating the investor guide and notifying investors of closing. 42 is sending monthly recap emails to investors. So who's responsible for gathering the information from the property management company that is used to create these monthly recap emails? Who decides what goes in these monthly recap emails? Who drafts these monthly recap emails? Who reviews these monthly recap emails? And who ultimately sends these monthly recap emails? 43, sending quarterly financials to investors. So who's going to get the financials from the property management company? Who decides what financials to send? And then who ultimately sends these to the investors? 44, sending the K-1 tax documents to investors. So again, who is responsible for gathering these K-1s or who's responsible for making sure that the accountant is sending these K-1s to their investors? Who's responsible for letting investors know when they're coming, how the K-1 process works, things like that. 45, this is kind of general, but answering incoming questions from investors. So in all of your emails or in all of your communications with investors, when you say, if you have any questions, you can contact this person who is this person who do you want your past investors to direct their questions to and then who's responsible for making sure that these questions get answered 46 oversee property management company so again this is basically the asset manager so who is the asset manager weekly performance call with property management company again the asset manager most likely frequently analyze competition to set rents 48 49 frequently analyze the market, determine when to sell. So for 48, who is responsible for doing rent comp analysis on an ongoing basis? If it's a property management company, who's responsible for reviewing that and deciding if it makes sense to increase rents, to reduce rents, to do specials. Similarly, with frequently analyzing the market when to determine to sell, number 49, who's doing that? Your property management company might be doing that, but if they're not, or if you also want to do that, who's reaching out to brokers and getting brokers a penny of value? And then ultimately, who decides when to sell the property? Is it going to be at the end of the hold period? Is it going to be if you can hit a certain return threshold to your investors? What's that return threshold? Who decides what that return threshold is, right? So this is a very important step because you may wait until exactly five years to sell, but maybe you wait more than five years to sell. Maybe you sell after two or three years, but ultimately, you need to have a process for how you're going to determine when to sell and if one person has the ultimate decision-making power to determine when to actually sell. So this is a very important thing that you want to define up front because it's probably something that if you wait until after you've closed, you're probably not going to be able to come to an agreement on when's the right time to sell. Number 50 is to ensure the correct distributions are sent on time. So who's sending distributions to investors? Most likely a property management company. So who's responsible for overseeing the property management company to ensure that they're sending out the correct distributions on time, who's the person that's going to notify investors when these distributions are coming and things like that. And then lastly, who is overseeing the sale of the asset? So 
basically the entire process that you did on the front end interacting with the listing broker and the seller, who's going to be that version for your deals. So who's going to work with the broker to essentially go through the entire process of selling the deal. So from listing the deal to actually doing all the due diligence on the deal to closing on the deal. That's 29 through 51 for all of those, except for number 36, ensure passive investor money is transferred. There are links to blog posts, to other syndication school episodes. You don't have to find all these yourself if you don't want to. I want to make it easy because we went over a lot of information and I was not able to go into detail on all of these because again, it would be a 20 or 30 part <laughs> podcast series, which I don't have a problem doing, but I don't want you to have to sit through all that again because we've gone over all this before in blog posts and in syndication school episodes. So the next steps for you is to download the free document that has all of these listed out. Download that blog post so that you can click on the links to go into more detail on some of the responsibilities you're unclear about. And then ultimately, the goal is to assign each of these roles and responsibilities to a specific member of the general partnership. And then from there, you can set up some sort of accountability system, meeting frequency to make sure that the members of the GP are actually executing these roles and responsibilities. So that concludes this two-part series, the 51 responsibilities of the general partnership. To listen to other syndication school episodes about the how-tos of apartment syndications and to download the free documents and the free blog posts in this case, visit syndicationschool.com. Thank you for listening and I will talk to you tomorrow. Best ever listeners, we have launched bestevercauses.com. That's bestevercauses.com. We profile a nonprofit or a cause that is near and dear to our heart, get the word out about their cause, and also donate money towards their cause. If you'd like to, one, learn more about the causes that we're profiling, we do one a month, then go to bestevercauses.com. And if you want to suggest a cause that we profile that is near and dear to your heart, then go to bestevercauses.com. And there's a little form at the bottom of the page where you can submit one and we'll check it out. Best ever listeners, go to BEC20.com. Look in the top left-hand corner. You can earn 15% as an affiliate. You can join the affiliate program and participate in the conference that way and basically earn a free ticket to the conference, BEC20.com.